This is season number 19 of Bass Talk Live with Matt Pangrak. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Aftco, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Pro Guide Batteries, Beatdown Outdoors, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, and Omnia Fishing. Hit him with the hook, Jeffries. PTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live where we're going to talk about bass fishing and every once in a while you just have one of those shows where you get up in the morning and you're like, today's going to kick butt. And this is one of those shows today. We have uh, live on location from the Lake Norman Redcrest, the one and only. He's becoming like a, a consultant, I guess. Or I mean, he's like a regular on the show now. He talks about it. The one and only Jody White, who knows all things MLF, Redcrest, MLFLW extraordinaire. He's going to get us dialed in for Redcrest. It's weird just the way the schedule worked out with the opens and then going that I wasn't able to be at Redcrest this year. But heck, we got Jody White, which is almost as good as being at Redcrest. And then we have Bradley Hallman back from his first two elite series stops and hey he's gonna get to give an interview about what it was like fishing the first two elite series and not about how hard the opens are and what he's doing to get ready for the elite series so i'm sure he's excited to talk about some new stuff for it we're gonna bring both of them in as we get uh as we get ready for that all right there you go jody how are you doing thanks for jumping on you centered beautifully along the queen or around your your king size bed there at lake norman at redcrest yeah, I am great. I'm in a very exciting hotel room uh, with plenty of traffic near Lake Norman. Bradley, you've got a BFE hat. Yeah. Like, that's brand new. Like, brand how new. new is that? Very new. Like, I just pulled them out of the box. Is that a Richardson 112? No way. Yeah. Is that a patch BFE? Yeah, it's a gray patch. It's got a... BFE patch on it, and then a Hallman fishing patch on the back. Ooh, oh, yeah. oh kind of old ranch style. How many of those do you have? I've got like uh, 85 of those, I think. What are you going to have? Hey, check this one out. You like the trucker, Jody? You a trucker hat guy? I mean, I'm a fan. <laughs> I, need to, I can't wear I that one. The white that phone trucker hat? Disclosure. <laughs> I can't wear that. It'll make my ears look big. Yeah, the trucker I, hat will. I, I didn't think I'd like it. Billy got a bass, helped me get them, and uh, Billy's like, "Dude, you got to get the white foam trucker. You got to get the white foam trucker." So we've got some white foam. So trucker. are you going to be selling these? Yeah, I'm going to pedal them around. I think I don't have it all set up yet, but when it's are you going to have it set up? Because that's a must-have. Well, I've got a feeling you, no more, no more than I have right now. They'll probably be gone at the classic, more than likely. Uh, you're hooking me up with one, right? Yeah, I've already had like two or three guys be like, "Dude, I want one." I know, but I need a confirmation. Like, a yes. yeah, 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 yeah. You get one. We'll swap. We'll actually do a swap. You give me a BTL hat, and I'll give you a BFE I've given hat. you like four BTL hats. That's incorrect. You've given me one. Okay, then we're even. <laughs> then we're even <laughs> on a one to one <laughs> on a one to one swap. Okay. What else do you want for BTL? I do have a hoodie that's in your size. Yeah, that'd be nice. A BTL hoodie. A BTL hoodie for a BFE hat. Uh, all right. 
Uh, Jody has a busy day. Today is today's media day, right? For Redcrest, the the derby starts tomorrow on Lake Norman. Yeah, it's it's not that different from like sort of your typical pre-tournament registration day. Like some guys have to have profile photos taken. They've got a meeting. There's a officials meeting. They get swag. They've got a dinner. Like it's not wildly out of the ordinary, but there's also like more going on than your standard regular season event, which is always, I guess that's a championship event factor that you always have to deal with, whether it's the classic, whether it's the old Forestwood cups, like there are probably always more annoying than just fishing, Um, but you know, really good payout. So do we still have a black, a black tie dinner or a, 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 like a night of, champions walkthrough thing that they've done in the past they have like the thunderbolt ball which is like kind of a wait pause real quick pause real quick that i've heard of this for the last couple years that is actually the name of it the thunderbolt ball i mean i have a pdf document that says thunderbolt and maybe i'm making up the ball part but definitely the thunderbolt part is there (laughs) okay I i like it yeah, so they've got that. Tonight's dinner is, I don't think, black tie. I think it's just wear whatever you want to wear. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, there's a lot more stuff going on than a regular event. Are you, taking right. a, are you taking a date tonight, Jody? Let's get to the important questions. I'm not. Uh, no. With the stash and all, I figure maybe you'd be rocking a date. I mean, it's like a possibility, but <laughs> honestly, I'm a long way from home right now. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's talk a little bit of uh, about the fishery. Lake Norman spotted bass. I had the the uh, pleasure of being there for the open. Uh, was it last year? I think it was last year. In the in the fall, or maybe the year before. Anyway, I fished it open there, and I really liked it for spotted bass, but. Uh, I will say this, both of the co-anglers that I drew said that Brian Thrift owns that lake. Like, far and away, bar none, without a doubt, when he puts his boat on the water, he's the man to beat. Do you concur with that statement? I mean, yes. Uh, he, I don't think I've been at a tournament where he's done worse than, like, third. Um, he crushes here. Andy Montgomery does, too. Um, but... I don't have an, as much like up close experience watching Montgomery crush as I do watching thrift crush here. Um, and obviously like you, it's a changed lake over the years and like pre live scope three or four years ago, I think you'd just like slot thrift in as like the definite favorite or thrift in Montgomery. And now like maybe there's some stuff that's new that he doesn't all that he didn't grow up doing, but, I mean, man, if it's like a cranking deal or a dock deal, it's hard to like, it's hard to count him out for sure. Hard to do anything but have him as the favorite. Brad, when you're fishing one of these events and there's someone in it that is, you know, just a far and away favorite, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you guys notice that on the water. I fish the opens. I notice when 
yeah. someone drives past. Does that impact your practice at all? Like if you're you're out there and you you're you see thrift a lot during practice, or you're like, man, I've never seen thrift during practice. Do you think the other anglers are out there noticing where and what he's doing? I I think back to like Tommy Biffle, right? Who was like, eh, I didn't want to be on Fort Gibson. I didn't want those suckers to see where the hell I was, so I mowed my yard. Yeah. Is that something that you think when you have such a big home field advantage, you have to be careful of when you're a guy like Thrift on Norman? When you're a guy as good as Thrift is on Norman, most of the stuff that he's planning on fishing in the tournament, he will not look at in practice. He'll look at it in the tournament. That's really So, yeah. So when you see a guy like that, you're, you know that he's on his third, fourth, fifth, sixth options. They're not his first options. So he's not – he's going to – the first cast, do you think that he's making on his – 1A juice stuff on Norman, he did not check in practice. 100%. That's a that's a veteran move. Mm -hmm. There's no need. He knows that pond inside and out. Dude, when we talk about like what Jody's saying, when he knows it, he knows it, knows it. Dude, he fishes there so much. And still like more it. than Christy on Grand back in the day? Yeah, because he's fishing all the Wednesday nighters and everything else. I mean, Thrift still fishes all the jack local jackpots and the Wednesday nighters and the Tuesday nighters, and they've got a lot there at Lake Norman. There's a there's a huge group of fishermen there in there, yeah. Jody, local fishermen, a bunch. Yeah, there's. I mean, the Carolinas have a lot of fishermen. Period, and like Lake Norman gets a lot of tournament pressure it locally. Does. Uh, and like you know, Shane LeHue and Thrift, like they fish team derbies together on Norman in the winter time, and they'll catch twenty pounds and. You know, make people look silly, and sometimes they don't win, but they are uh, pretty good together. Um, he stays out there a lot. I think the one thing that probably helps the favorites in this is that Norman can fish pretty good from like one end to the other, and it's a big lake with only forty people out there. Like they're they're not going to have spot competition at all. Like, it's not like they know five juicy stretches. You know, they all know 15, 20, 50 juicy stretches, plus like 150 boat docks that have a perfect brush pile they want to go hit. And, I mean, in tournaments here, I've seen thrift, like, fish and do well from within, like, a mile of the dam to way up above the state park. I wouldn't expect to see him in Montgomery, like up the river. Like we saw Wesley win up there a while ago, and like Shyrock won up there in an open. Like I wouldn't expect to see them play that far up the river, but anything else I think is in play, um, especially for, you know, it's a five day tournament. Like they're going to have plenty of time to use the entire lake. Here, here's the other big one too. And, 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 and we tend to forget this going into events when we start looking at stuff. I know I did a bunch of predictions for the Elite Series this year, and they're way off because I forgot one thing. <laughs> this is big, and this is a big difference too. And this is this is not – this is a takeaway from Thrift. This is something that takes it out of his arsenal. If we, We're still talking as if we were pre-live scope days. And if we were pre-live scope days, then, then he is that strong, heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. With that live scope being in play now, with every tournament that we've seen uh, up to this year – um, it, it's a possibility that every pro event is one with forward-facing sonar of some kind um, going forward throughout the year. And those guys... You're getting out of control, Brad. Well, you tell it's, me you tell me one that hasn't been one yet with it. I mean, is Dakota Ebear in this in this field? Yes, that's what it was yeah, my yeah. next he is question. A strong, he is as strong as a favorite as just about anybody there, and he's from Texas right now. I mean, that kid can do no wrong. I agree. The, uh, 
in the in the fall in 2020, we had a Toyota Series event here, and Troy Morrow beat Thrift, and he was catching them on live scope. And there haven't been that many like big events um, on Norman really since then, or well, I guess there was that other open in the fall, but like yeah. I think that live scope is absolutely or forward facing sonar, you know, it's absolutely a player in this tournament. And I think that probably even some locals are going to learn some things just based on watching Dakota, mm -hmm. watching Wheeler, watching some of these guys who really, really have relied on it a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas I don't think you're going to see Thrift and Montgomery, mm -hmm. you know, basing their strategies off live scope, you know, even 50%. You know, I suspect they're going to be doing a lot more regular fishing. This lake's got a lot of spotted bass, and anytime you put spotted bass in the equation with live scope, it's going to be a big player. And then you talk about the group of anglers that you've got in that Dude, field. There's like the best spotted bass fishermen on earth in this yeah. field. I was looking right. at it, and it's yeah. like take live scope, take the location out. But like you just go through and you have uh, Casey Ashley, Connell, MDJ, Ott, Dakota. And I'm just not, I'm just talking about guys that I think would do it. Uh, Ayler, Gagliardi. Yeah, Cody Meyer. Uh, you know, Jeremy Lawyer has a lot of experience with him. I mean, this lake sets up like at Ozark Lake, but uh, Justin Lucas, Cody Meyer, uh, Thrift, obviously, Wheeler, and Jesse Wiggins. Like, I mean, those are some guys that have weighed in some sacks of spotted bass in their day. And, and what I'm witnessing in tournaments is, is that the traditional styles of fishing, while they still can bring in the, you know, freak show bags or, you know, mm -hmm. the biggest bags of the event, <clears throat> the live scope bags are very consistent. Um, the consistency of those tend to stay up and it's very hard to override that over a multi-day event. How's the format work in this, Jody, with the, with the 40 guys? What are we looking at for the format wise? So they have the first two days that are the qualifying round. Uh, full field fishes both days, the top 20 advance. And then okay. the uh, then they zero the weights out. And the final three days are two knockout round days and a championship round day, which you don't really need to worry about the name so much. They will basically cut the bottom five from the field on day three, on day four, and then day five, it'll be just the top 10 fishing. So you'll have a you'll have a three-day cumulative five-fish wait for who wins this tournament um, on Sunday. That's good stuff with very limited pressure on the fishery. Yeah, I mean, 40, 40 guys. Oh, dude, the open fish is huge. Like, we had 200 yeah. and some on it, and I remember, like, only twice did I run. And I had a decent tournament there, but only twice did I, like, run to an area where I was like someone was there, and that was with 200. Yeah, I, I fished uh, open here, and... I think like I saw like two boats that I didn't know and Pipkins in the same Creek as me, like over two days. And that's wild. It like, it's a gigantic, it's a, it's a big lake and it fishes really big. Um, um, I know you're, this is not your job to know all this stuff, but outdoor expo and all that going on to where, if you are in that North South Carolina area. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I uh, I got ready for this because it's somewhat my job. Uh, so it's March tenth, uh, eleventh, and twelfth. 
uh, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Free admission. Uh, it's in Charlotte. It's at the Park Expo and Conference Center. Are you going to be there? No, I'll be on the water. I'll be out. You won't be there at all. What if you had? What if you have fans that want to meet Jody White at the expo? Uh, come to takeoff. I'll be okay. there. It's at Blythe Landing. Um, okay. I don't think I have fans, but <laughs> oh, you hundred percent. Oh, you have, have fans, dude. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Um, I would say takeoff or on the water. I'm not trying to deal with Charlotte traffic to get to and from places, uh, if possible. Um, but you have a thermos? I would say if you're a fan of expos, check it out. It should be pretty good. Uh, there's seems like really, there's a lot of visitors and stuff. Really like that. selling that there, Jody. <laughs> I don't really like that many people. I like lakes more. <laughs> really selling the expo for the fans. Uh, Brad, do you have a thermos with you? Yeah. It's actually Jody commented on earlier. It's an old FLW mug. Oh, nice. It's a, it's a good one. It's nice. Fine. Oh, but a buddy of mine had it made, so it's got. FLW Tour Tournament Champion Bradley Hallman, oh, Lake Lanier, God, Georgia, March team. 2018. Remember that day, Jody? Oh, hey, so well. <laughs> is, that the, is has there been a bigger bag of spotted bass weighed in in an MLF or FLW tournament since Bradley's 20, was it 24 pound effort? Yeah, probably not. I would have to look at some BFL. They, they definitely, they, that bag's definitely, I mean, they, no, they I'm talking about like, here. I know, but I'm need, I'm talking about in a, in a major event. Oh, oh, definitely not. No. Yeah. No. And of all people to do it, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> it's what Jody was saying. Especially in 2018. Yeah. You were just discovering that reels cast longer than 30 foot in 2018. That's not true. <laughs> you uh, didn't anything. spend the final like two days of that tournament throwing a spinner bait. So yeah. Yeah. like that's, or at least the final, the last day. So mm -hmm. you got to do some real Hallman stuff in that. What, weight wise, what are we what are we talking about here? Just kind of put a put a bow on Redcrest for us for those of us who are going to be watching it live. To where if a guy gets to, according to Jody White, he's in dang good shape. I feel like maybe like fourteen or fifteen pounds is going to be really good. If you catch like that seventeen to twenty, I think that that sets you up like fantastic to win but i don't think it takes like 17 a day to win i think you could probably catch 15 over the final three days and be absolutely right there um that said if uh the weather is really bad which it's supposed to sort of get colder throughout the tournament and rain some mm -hmm. i have a feeling that'll make the fishing quite a bit better um because i think that they bite in kind of nasty weather out here and like then I feel like you could see that upper teens winning weight play, but I'm kind of feeling like, you know, it's really hard to do upper teens on Lake Norman. I feel like yeah. that 15 pound range is kind what's of what the, we're looking for. What's the water temperature and the weather like? Are the trees starting to bud there? Are they, are they getting close to spawning? Maybe. Uh, I was on the water with Ashley the other day. I, it's, the, the thing is, so I was on the water with Ashley the other day. There are some places that are like covered over with pollen. There's mm. bushes flowering. There's trees starting to bud. Mm. The water is like 59. And <clears throat> keep in mind, you know, Norman's a hot lake. Like it's got a two power plants on it. Um, but at the same time, like we never saw a fish on bed at all. We saw some fish cruising, but we also like 
he caught a whole bunch of fish in the middle of pockets, uh, you know, chasing herring or whatever out in 30 feet. Like it's not a Shane LeHue told me that he thought some guys could catch a big bag on bed fish on like day one. But I don't think that I don't feel like the lake is far enough along at all that, you know, we're going to see bed fish for multiple days, especially considering the weather. I think it's kind of a lot of fish that are close to wanting to spawn and then probably still a lot of fish that are feeling pretty darn wintry. Um, I, like I fished Hartwell like two days ago and there were a ton of fish in like 30 feet of water and that's farther south and the weather was warm then. So, all right. Are you allowed to pick a winner? I just want all of us to pick our, our red crest winner right now. Or do you have to remain impartial? I'm going to take Dakota Ebert because Smart. he wins every tournament. Smart. <laughs> I'm going uh, I'm going Joe Lee on this one. I think this one sets up real well for Jordan Lee. I think it does. Like, I think Jordan Lee is going to be right in it at the end. He'll be pushing his Toro lawnmower across the stage on the final day. I'll take Wheeler all day long if y'all are going to leave him out there. My God. We really went out on limbs there, folks. <laughs> okay, well, wait a minute. Nobody picked Drifter Montgomery. Like, what's going on here? No, because it's the uh, like, like Bradley said. I think it's a new, it's a different era. It's a different era. It's live scope, dude. <clears throat> Spotted Bass Lake. On top of that, it's a hundred percent live scope tournament. This tournament will be one with live scope. I think that's a little bit bold. I could absolutely see like somebody cranking and winning, but cranking, skipping jigs on docks. It's not going to get it done. It's going to be somebody out in the middle of. Off one of those points, looking at him. It's going to be Wheeler. Yeah. <laughs> Dakota Ebear or Jordan Lee doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I do love those tournaments, so I'm happy either way. I, I love this. <clears throat> it's a, it is a really fun tournament. I, I will say this. So last year it was one of our best episodes that we did on BTL. Matt and I had a basically a Heisman Trophy for the best bass angler for the year. And Dakota Ebear was invited to the stump, but we sent him to the bar pretty hey. early I, I the way he's fishing right now he oh he's he continues he's so get going this, to the Brad, bar early next year like two weeks ago i get a call jacob wheeler just wants to chat fishing i was shocked i was like okay he's like yeah just driving so I, I i you know i start picking his brain about stuff right yeah we talked for like two hours on the phone and i said oh i said well i've got you i said these were our finalists i said i want to know what your thoughts are and remember like i mean Condell's part of the ding squad and he's the guy who was going, how the hell could he not? How, well, you know, why would you pick Michael Neal over a guy who won three events? Yeah. And Wheeler, this is Jacob Wheeler, was on the same page as us with Angler of the Year and wins and consistency, or Angler of the Year and consistency, including wins over. He's like, dude, he's like, he fin you know, he, he was totally cool with Michael Neal being the BTL Angler of the Year. Yeah. Like he under, he was totally cool with that because I said, you know, was that, was that a miscarriage of justice? And he's like, no, absolutely not. Because Connell also had a, a couple not so great events. Well, I'll tell you this. We're Neil definitely not, we're, we're definitely doing this again at the end of this year. Yeah. But but we're going to have some more thought into it. Yeah. We, we'll bring, we need to bring Jody in on it. We'll have you, uh, we'll bring, uh, we'll maybe bring the Ron father over from Bassmaster in on it. Yeah, I was, remember texting Bradley the whole time as I was listening to that show with with hot takes. So 
<laughs> was it, you it did was not a, a, totally agree with our. I don't know if I did or not. I for I honestly I would need to listen again to have another opinion. I just really enjoyed it. Okay, awesome. All right. Uh, like I said, Red Crest going on on Lake Norman. Live coverage begins tomorrow morning on MajorLeagueFishing.com. The General Tire Red Crest Outdoors Expo, March 10th through 12th, 2023, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. That is at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Jody White, I had to get all that in to take care of Joe. He did a great job. Jody White, thank you for jumping on last minute from the hotel room uh, and getting us ready for Red Crest. Thanks, guys. See you, Jody. See you. All right, that was Jody White. He's, like I said, I think you've been on with him before. Uh, he is a great asset to whoever and wherever he is working. That is a fact. I've great always been asset. a big Jody White fan. I said there's a couple guys over there at MLF that are keeping the thing together, and he's one of them. For sure. Dude, Clay right. Williamson put a good one in there, so maybe we could get Jody and Ronnie in an arm wrestling match. It would go viral. <laughs> That's <laughs> that actually be, a pretty good one. <laughs> that would be. Um, there was also a comment earlier. So on that hat, you need a hat that says Freak Show. Yeah. Yeah, we could come out with a bunch of different hats. Let's you see how the BFE thing flies first, boys. Before the BFE thing is money. not going to fly. It is going to it – is, it, is, it is already in the air. Like you're already at 50 – thousand feet on cruise control brad yeah. like those things are already they're done they're gone mm-hmm. that's why i needed a on-air confirmation that i had one of the first batches i put the yeah. bfe sticker on my rig this year did you really that's a good looking sticker it is the white sticker i think mm-hmm. jordan designed that mm-hmm. he did good with that he did all right let's take a break and when we come back we're gonna get into uh what everybody has been waiting for which is a breakdown mm-hmm. of your first two Elite Series tournaments. Now, I have talked to you at length over since you have gotten off of the Elite Series. The one thing I have not talked to you about is the actual tournaments. Been saving it for on air to to see how we break it down. So my goal on this is I just want to have a, a, a conversation just like we would off air where I talk to you about it because we typically do that, you know, and talk about it. But I haven't. So I don't know how it went down. You had one good tournament and you had one below average tournament fair assessment yeah yeah definitely 55th point place in the angler of the year points a quarter of the way through the season we're going to talk about how it went down at lake okeechobee we're going to talk about how it went down at lake seminole with bradley hallman the new bfe gear in stock but not for sale yet that's a bold move (laughs) we'll be back btl on a tuesday right after this the new puma sts has been redesigned from the ground up With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry-leading design coupled with tournament-winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush.
Hey guys, Gerald Swindle representing the AFCO Hydronaut. This is the jacket I love wearing when times is tough. And I'm talking about the weather, not the fishing. The jacket, what I like, I got a double cup right here. I can seal up the bottom of my jacket because when you're fishing, you're holding your arms up. You're bad about getting water runs downhill. Everything bends good. I'm long arm. Look, it fits very comfortable. My arms are flexible. I've got the speed hood on, pouring down rain. I can get everything zipped up. One thing they did is they made plenty of pocket space. If you ain't got enough pockets in a Hydronaut rain suit, you just got too much stuff from the water member. Brain. That's 30K, baby. 30 times the reason you ain't gonna get wet. Super warm. If it's cold in the wintertime, you put on your Hydronaut, you're gonna be a much more comfortable person. If you don't wanna just look sexy at Dairy Queen, wear your Hydronaut. We got it from small to 5X. Most rain gear does not come in that many sizes. You got waist adjusting straps. We can make it fit you. No matter what the environment is, we want you to be comfortable. We want you to be dry. You gotta check it out. It ain't gonna let you down. Shoreline Boat and RV. Dock rash, storm damage, collision repair. That deep scratch or gouge from trying to access that secret creek. Shoreline Boat and RV can get your prize possession back in mint condition and looking good on the water, fast. All repairs are done in-house, so they're able to get your boat or RV back to brand new, quickly. All Shoreline's work comes with a rock-solid warranty. Find out more at ShorelineBoatandRV.com. Kansas City, Austin, and Tulsa. All right, welcome back, BTL. On a Tuesday, I got you back, Brad. Yeah, somehow I clicked out of there. I don't know how I did that. I know, I was about ready to come back, and then all of a sudden you went away. Do you have an LBJ hat yet, or just the BFE? I just had the BFE right now. I talked with, uh, is he your boss, Taylor Watkins? Yeah. <laughs> he would be your boss, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh over there at what o omega uh yes at omega tackle when'd you talk yeah. to taylor he's at the open sat behind oh. me at the at our yeah, yeah, yeah. That's two right. hour in-person meeting cool and he was beyond excited to work with you on uh on perhaps a lbj project absolutely i yeah. don't know i'm not hopefully i'm not letting the cat out of the bag on no, that i not. think that no. that was no. a pretty pretty obvious mm -hmm. thing when you sign with the jig company that you're yeah. gonna have a bradley hallman anyway he was talking about how excited he was about it and i said dude i said whatever brad says i said do it like do not change i said there is a reason i said so here's what i said to him i said have you been in the boat with him yet when he throws the lbj he says, no. I said, dude, before you build anything, before you order anything, before you start anything, I said, you need to spend a day where they're on the LBJ and you just sit there and watch Brad throw it. I said, and then you'll understand the who, what, when, where, why mm -hmm. of the logistics of that jig. Is that fair, yeah. fair point? Yeah. Yeah. We could probably do it on what's bar. Um, I don't know if there's time after the classic for he and I, I don't know what our schedules are, but <clears throat> we could definitely do it on what's bar. There's enough docks there. They eat it there too. I've caught them on it. <clears throat> Good stuff. All right. Uh, Dude, there's a lot of people who love this segment. And this is where you you go in depth, you break down what you what went happened on the tournament. Mm -hmm. Little BTL exclusive stuff. Now, uh, you have a a cameraman. You have a really good guy too who's following you around the entire year. So that all that's available on Bradley Hallman fishing on your YouTube channel. Correct. But I want to go in depth on your first two elite <clears throat> series events of the year. Overall, first quarter. Just break it down on how you think your performance was. Well, first of all, it was super, super <clears throat> exciting just to be back, dude. Like <clears throat> a lot of the same faces that I hadn't seen in a long time, a lot of things that I, I thought, you know, I mean, guys that I'd fished against at FLW, 
along with a lot of the guys at Bass that I hadn't seen in a long, long time. So it was good to see a bunch of those guys and be back in that atmosphere. So Okeechobee was honestly just a lot of excitement. And uh, practice was ho-hum. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. Um, I had one good day in uh, Moonshine Bay. And I had uh, – I say good day of practice. I had a decent day of practice in there. I caught caught a couple of nice ones, saw a couple of good fish, and I'm enough to settle down in the tournament. And uh, And then at the end of practice on day three – I found a place over in I think it's Mud Mud Eater Creek or Fish Eater Creek. That's the name of it. That sounds I, way better than Mud Eater Creek. <laughs> yeah, Fish Eater Creek. I believe that's the name of it. I could be I could be wrong, but I believe that's right. Anyway, um, I found a little area in there on the reeds uh, in the evening, and then they acted like they were spawning. So um, there was all this insul- isolated cache, you know, just throwing a little worm to the base of the cattails, and there wasn't any other hot drill or anything. So it was very spot oriented cast, which mm-hmm. I like um target you know <clears throat> visual targets and so you know the first day of the tournament there i, I ran that Here, here's the funny thing I, I ran to check those fish at like nine or ten o'clock in the morning and there was like 15 other boats in there with me which is typical florida and within an hour or so they had all left and i hadn't had a bite and it was like those fish didn't exist and they were biting like piranhas just the evening before because we had practice i guess we had a day off so there was a period there mm-hmm. but uh Anyway, they they had been biting just an evening previously before, and um, man, there was nothing there. So I, I I go back over to Moonshine Bay and start winding my worm around, and I'm in an area with uh, three or four guys in there. One of them, Matt Airy, was in there, and Jockamson was in there. He crushed them in that event, dude. They were both they were both crushing them on day one, and I get in there at like ten o'clock in the morning, and they're just killing them and calling and it's one of those deals matt you know when you're in that flotilla of guys you know and everybody it just seems like every time you turn around somebody's been over and yep. their butts up in the air and they're in their live yep. well, and, you and you're can't like when's my turn yeah exactly it was kind of one of those deals and i stayed in there and caught four or five fish but nothing really of any size no i didn't have four or five i had three out of there and because uh, i remember it was one o'clock and i was like i gotta get out of here so i oh left my gosh and I went back to where I'd started the morning where I had no bites and where everybody had left and everybody was still gone. And when I got there, I was like, yeah, I probably should have stayed put. And I started flipping the reeds and it started going off just like it was. So it must have been a weather time of day deal. Those fish, Do you think you know, those fish were still there and they just yeah. weren't eating when you flipped through them? I think that in the morning, you know, it had cooled off and they were they were either not as aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. You don't think you fished through them too fast the first morning because it was your first morning back on the Elite Series. No way. All no the way. They weren't there. They the weren't there. They weren't not biting. Are you sure uh, that you've won before? You don't think that you maybe you maybe burned through that area just a little too keyed up? No, dude. This was a flip on the outside read. Deal. You were able to do that after Shady. eight oh, yeah. years and three years of trying to make you know make it back. Like you didn't have any of those nerves or jitters on that first morning. No, not really. I really didn't. I fished really relaxed all week. Um, ended up catching, you know, almost 15 pounds out of there in the evening. And, and so anyway, you went back, it. you went back at one, you said, and, and no one was there and they were biting. I didn't mean to derail your day one. So continue. So they chewed. So I had a great afternoon and um, well, great for me. Right. I mean, it wasn't a 28 pound bag or anything, but it was close to 15 and I was happy with it, especially as rough as my day had gone. And I go to weigh in and 15 pounds is, you know, right there around the cut weight. So um, I was happy with it. Um, day two, I knew that I had to make more out of Moonshine Bay. Uh, so I went into Moonshine Bay first thing in the morning 
and uh, Ari and Jockamson are still in there, and Josh Douglas was in there at this point. I hadn't seen Douglas in there yet, but he was in there on day two with me because <clears throat> he was right next to me. I caught a 712. was like my second or third fish of the morning, so that always helps. You know? What Was that on a, a swimming worm? Caught it on a speed worm, yeah. Wow. Yep, yep. yep. On that on that one that uh the big bite came out with a couple of years the ago. The tour swim worm. The tour swim worm. Yeah, you know it's a little bit longer. The big mm -hmm. one too, the seven five. Mm -hmm. But uh yeah, I caught the seven twelve and then uh I mean did you bow flip it? Did was it a oh no a wrestling match? No, no. There was like this clump of reeds and I, I'd kind of thrown past it and I was reeling up to them. Now they were dead under the water, but mm -hmm. I reeled up to them and I just kind of killed it. And right when I'd cleared the reeds and I picked up on my line and I was like, it's tight. And I set the hook and nothing moves. And I was like, Oh God, this is the one, <laughs> you know? And, uh, Douglas was, Douglas was, it, Douglas was close enough. He was cheerleading me, you know, he was all screaming and fired up. And, uh, cause he had just caught a pretty nice one right before that. But, um, yeah, it was a good little area. And then, um, I fished around there and still was stupid enough to leave because I thought, man, if those fish out there bit, at one o'clock in the afternoon, I wonder what they'd do at noon. So I left at noon with about 15 pounds, 16, 15, 15 and a half. And I left at noon to go out there. And guess what? It was like the total opposite of the day before. I struggled to get bites out there. I may have culled once or twice, but not big culls. And uh, go in the day and it was enough to make the cut and finish. You know, I was in the 40s somewhere. Yeah. And but then day three accomplish. I mean, yeah. you, are, you made the top 50 cut in Florida to kick things off. Obviously it's the lake you wanted to, to have won on before, but I mean, going in, making the cut in the first one back, you had to be happy. Super excited. So like I'd achieved my goal. Like that was the main thing, right? I mean, we would all love to tell the fairy tale of winning on Okeechobee twice, but if I could just get off to a good start, have a good solid tournament. And that's kind of where I was headed. And as much as I'd kind of run around with my chicken with the head cut off, I, I felt pretty good about what had happened so far. And I had a pretty good game plan for day three. I was I was like, I'm going to Moonshine Bay, and I'm not coming out. I'm going to stay all day. Because I knew Ari hadn't made the cut, and the Jockamson had had a good day in there. So there was less people in it, and I was headed that direction. But what happened on day three was the wind was howling out of the north. And uh, I was running that North Shore to go to Moonshine. This is in takeoff. This is a weird deal. And I ran down that North Shore, and I'm running. Let me back up a little bit. When we were in practice, uh, after practice, Sukup and I exchanged a couple of waypoints, and I told him, you know, a couple of places I had. And he had a waypoint. He's like, dude, I didn't fish here much, but he said, I'm telling you, the water's, you know, right. And everything looks good and blah, blah, blah. And honestly, it was just in the back of my mind. I never had thought about it again. Fast forward to the third day of tournament, and I'm running down that north shore, and I'm having to run closer in the reed lines because the north wind's blowing so hard. So I'm, like, running really tight to the north shore inside of reed lines and stuff. And we're flying, and we've been driving for about 15, 10, 15 minutes. And I'm like, man, the water is so freaking clear. Like, you know, and 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 – it, we just hit this one stretch and I mean, I don't know what's here, why the water's so clear, but like, it's freaking clear. And, uh, I just kind of came off pad and I, I looked around and, and there's boats, you know, flying by me out there. And I'm thinking about how rough it's going to be running across the open water. Once I clear that North shore. And I'm like, 
let's just let's just every every morning I've stopped for an hour or so and it hasn't been productive. Let's keep doing that. Let's let's stop for an hour here, just just maybe a half hour, just see how it goes. And there's nobody around. It's just me, and uh, I'm throwing a swim jig. Um, and like ten minutes in, I catch like a two and a half pounder on that Omega swim jig, and I'm like, that was my second biggest fish yesterday, two and a half pounder. And so we're going to start with the first one like that. Well, let's see what else is here. And uh, I put the swim jig down after a little bit and grabbed a chatterbait, and I caught a four and a half. Ooh. And now I'm thinking, damn. So uh, Travis is with me. This is another cool thing, too. With uh, with Bassmaster um, on the Elite Series, um, our camera guy. So I had Travis call and register email. He sent That's an email in and got registered, right? You, you know yeah. what I'm talking about, to be yeah, certified. Yeah, yeah. It's a media official media observer that goes through lets him know what you're going to do that you're legit that you're actually right. doing media for bassmaster correct so what that allows him to do is on uh, practice days he can ride with guys he can ride with anybody not just me or john he can ride with uh he can ride with anybody in the elite series and uh so that allows him to get some you know content and stuff during our practices and then also in our tournaments, if if we for some reason don't draw a marshal, um, I think he has – I'm not sure exactly what the process is, but he has to jump through a few hoops. He has to send yep. maybe Lisa a text message or something and inform her that he's riding with so-and-so so that they know that there's – you know, who's in the boat, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, day three, going into it, he or that night I get a text message that says no observer. So I'm like, Travis, go do whatever you got to do. You know, you're riding with me tomorrow. So that was really great because then I get all the content of him being in the boat, right. which is huge for, for what I'm trying to do. Um, anyway, after catch the four and a half pounder, I turned to Travis and I was like, Hey bro, we ain't leaving. You know, you can go ahead and string your stuff out everywhere. <laughs> and he was like, are you kidding? And I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. We're not leaving. Not for a while. And, uh, Man, I just stayed there all day. It never was fast and furious, but it was constant all day long, consistently, you know, getting bites. So I just, I just kept grinding and throwing the the golden roach, chatterbait, and uh, the what? Yeah, it's in my YouTube video. I don't know why the guides down there in Okeechobee they they call that that shiner a golden roach, <laughs> and so they're always complaining about. Ah, I got to go out fishing with the golden roach today, you know. And uh, I don't, I don't know why they call them that, but they do. Um, but I just had this. I've got some of those gold jackhammers from Japan. Yeah. Have you seen any of those? I've heard about them. They're tungsten and you can only get them in Japan. And yeah. it's like, no one's ever caught a fish on a regular jackhammer now that these things are available. Right. So I've had them for a few years and uh, I, I reached out of my box and I tie one on and it starts making a difference. I start getting even more bites. So the golden roach and I just enjoy our Saturday afternoon on the elite series to over 16 pounds of my best day yeah. of the of the event so I was and you end out. up beating scott martin by three ounces on okeechobee i mean anytime you fish ahead of scott martin on okeechobee you did something right man he had a rough go he, he caught 25 the first day mm -hmm. and was a hero and then he really really struggled after that but uh yeah yeah he'll take that finish i was i was excited about it you know i mean i was i was happy i mean it wasn't a top 10 but it was a great start to my elite series yeah no i have not watched Hallman's stuff yet sorry Pete, I will. That's why I said go watch Hallman's stuff. But mm -hmm. I've just been trying to 
just trying to keep my life in order. <laughs> so, so, so to the videos that they're talking about, that's another yep. thing that, that that's a big part of what I'm doing now. It's not just tournament fishing, right? Because creating that content and having, having Travis with us and, um, it adds a whole nother dimension into the house. So we're constantly working, whether we're making content or getting content or working on tournaments and fishing and, and trying to figure out where to catch fish. <clears throat> There's been a lot of hangups. I, I know a lot of the guys on my YouTube have been like, ah, the music's too loud and can't hear you talking. And it's no, everything I've seen has been freaking well, phenomenal. I agree with them in a lot of places, but what people don't realize is, is like, it's our first time, you know, working together like this. We're trying to get a whole bunch of stuff crammed in and get it edited and done, you know, quickly. And mm -hmm. uh, it, it's creating uh, a few hiccups, but we, we've just got a few things that we've got to get worked out. But I mean, dude, get... the quality of it is absolutely insane. Oh, Travis is incredible. I'm, I'm I actually so started working with Travis last summer, but uh, yeah, it's 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 legit. Travis is very very good. He's no rookie. I actually met Travis at the MPFL. He does, he and his brother do all of uh, a lot of MPFLs on the water stuff. Mm -hmm. Is this a four? Yeah, there's the golden roach. No, this is a catfish. Okay. This is wrong fish Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> oh, that had to, that had to get you going. Oh, it did. Of course it did. Oh, crappie. Crappie, another wrong fish Wednesday. Yeah, that's good stuff, Brad. Yep. I appreciate it. We put a lot into it, so it takes a lot of work to be able to kick that out, obviously. Uh, uh, one of the crazy things, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. I'm going to try to uh, hack the brakes up more and then uh, come back with uh, Seminole. But one of the things that's crazy is, I mean, dude, you wait for so long to get back on the Elite Series. And then back-to-back -back weeks and a quarter of the year is done. Mm -hmm. So really, I mean, you got the potential to have four days and you've already screwed yourself, which okay. you did not. I mean, is that not true, though? Like, if you think about it, I mean, you have four bad days and now you're you're. So I fished. Th th this is the reality of it, because you're kind of starting to sound like Mark Jeffries, but that's OK. You can sound like Mark. I'm here, not here, sounding here, like Mark Jeffries. You, you sound like Mark that Jeffries. There's some pressure no, on you no, to kick no. things off. No, no, there's not. I basically have fished five days on the Elite Series up to this point. I had one bad day of the five and it was a bad day. And the bad problem is, is it was on day on a day two, not a day three. So it really cost me. I will agree with that. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll talk about, we'll talk about that when we come back, uh, the Lake Seminole event with Bradley Hallman with his new BFE hats. I think there's going to be a, this is the first view, the first look at those hats, Brad. 100%. Got them show, out of the box show one of the night. other ones again, show it again. Because it's got a little bit, little bit more. Richardson 112, so got the black. Richardson 112, the black BFE. It's got a, on the back, I got the little. The other side. Oh, there yeah. it is. The Hall Fishing logo. logo. Kind of looks like the ranch, you know, some ranch style logo. Yep. That would be Do you have any idea when those will be available and how they'll be available? <laughs> and what, through what resource and what the price is and who's going to ship them out and when people are going to get them? Uh, let's let's just stay with the tease for a minute. Look at this trucker hat, dude. That's badass. That Look is at badass. that. Yeah, the white foam trucker. Um, they're going to be twenty five dollars. That's what they've got to be. Uh, uh, the cost of living is ridiculous, but twenty five no, bucks, fair. and that's even for the Richardson one twelve. So, 
because um, the patch costs more because you have to buy the patch separate mm-hmm, to put the patch mm-hmm. on the hat and then the back corner thing is also a separate patch that they have to put on so there's 25 is very i mean because i've done that with the btl hats very 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 reasonable so i'll definitely have some at the classic i imagine what i have will be sold out pretty quick at the classic just peddling them around if 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 i make it that far and uh but i was kind of wondering do i go ahead and order you know how many do i order do i order another hundred do i order two i don't, I don't know where where the, but i don't want to end up with a closet full of hats that no you need i think my kids and i are wearing for the next 20 years i think you need to start with 250 of the bfes and 250 of the lbjs Ooh, the lbj i like that just the exact same except LBJ. So then if you're going jig jig fishing, you throw the LBJ hat on. How many freak going, how many freak show hats? Uh dude. <laughs> dude, you're gonna become a clothing mogul. Yeah. They're who's good things. Who's gonna ship all this stuff out? I've got all that figured out. I do. So I'm gonna get it all set up on an account online where people can purchase and it all gets mailed out to you. I just don't have that. Did you ever do the boots? Yes or no on the boots so far? Don't give away stuff yet, Matthew. So that's the a Tony yes. Llamas? No, we haven't even talked about All this I said publicly. was boots. You're the one giving away information now. No, no. We got to keep that on the down low. Okay. It's uh, BTL on a Tuesday with Bradley Hallman breaking down the first two Bassmaster Elite Series stops of the 2023 season. We just went through Okeechobee, a 29th place finish, top 30 finish, 46-9. Then we'll move to next week, which was three, two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, which was Lake Seminole, his second event. BTL on a Tuesday. We'll be back right after this. Elite Series Pro Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries It's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.exonlures.com and check them out for yourself. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Get the best patterns backed by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the Deep Dive app today. Look at that beast right there. The great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastics from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the Cliffhanger Worm and the Ramtail Craw. Great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year. Catches fish all over the country, and I think it's going to catch fish for people everywhere you try it. 
The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat. So you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro is coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the matte sexy shad just a really different looking color for a crankbait so you want to give them a little different look that matte sexy shad is definitely the one to go with all these colors are available in the original little john and the md have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig the type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision making process no matter if you prefer one two or three graphs up front Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. All right, welcome back. BTL on a Tuesday with Bradley Hallman. And, uh, dude, you're rocking a couple of the new, new sponsors that we also have on BTL there, mainly Beatdown and Pro Guide. What do you think of the old uh, Beat? Are you running the, the ultimate shorty double stack up front? That's it. That's exactly what I got. Dude, what do you think incredible. about that? Dude, I'm amazed at how it's strong. It's freaking nice, isn't it? Dude, it, it's strong as it can be. Like, I was, you know, anytime you see something like that, you're like, okay, well, what about big water? But no. I think you could put a skier behind that thing. You know, like a, you know how you put the ski stand. In the yeah, back I don't think you. I don't think it's designed for that. It would probably stress the fiberglass. But I would like on the first open. I ran. I ran mine uh, eight inches off of the off of the deck. Mm -hmm. uh, and in, in Florida, I mean, you probably didn't didn't take it all the way up to the thirty three no. inches that it could. No. But it's... I like how the thing swivels and how you can bump it up five six inches. It's it's. And I like how when you just barely tighten it down, like it's locked down. That, that's what I like. It doesn't take a lot of work, and it's it's stuck. And I also made it through the first open with lithiums, and guess what? They're not complicated. They're not complex. I can tell how much juice I had in it. I had two nights that I didn't even charge my batteries, and when I did, I just plugged it in like normal. I don't know why I was scared of them. Yeah, I don't know why you were either. I, like I said, I had run them for five years before. So the, the big thing is is the life you know, expectancy of those is so much longer than our acids. So that's why I'd invested in them the first time five years ago. And I couldn't believe I was still running those same lithiums five years later, but I have. I need that shirt. I don't even have a shirt like that. Ooh, I have something you don't have. This yeah. one? Yeah, no, I don't have that. <laughs> I've got a hat. That's it. I have to talk to Matt Looney about that maybe. Uh, all right, so... You kick things off with a 29th place finish out Okeechobee. Then you head to Seminole, a place that you have a little history with in the past uh, well, from the FLW Tour. Uh, run through Seminole because because that was a very interesting tournament to to watch on Bass Live and then to talk to some of the guys. It was it was it was pretty tricky, wasn't it? Yeah. So we showed up and it was a little cooler uh, right when we got there and um, it had been warmer. And you could tell it was just a little cool off, but it wasn't much. But practice was a little bit stingy. And I know it was because I don't think I got any phone calls at Okeechobee other than so Soak Up and I. But uh, 
first day of uh, of this one, my phone starts ringing, right? <clears throat> so I know that they're not biting. And um, I, I had a horrible practice. I didn't even realize how – I'd kind of forgotten how bad my practice was until we started going back and working on the videos for that event for practice. And, dude, the first two days of practice were pretty pretty slow for me, about as slow as they get. Third day of practice, um, Sokup and I went up and put in up at takeoff and, and worked that upper river that we were going out of. And, and it worked out. Um, found a little hole where there's some spawners in it. And, uh, I felt like I could probably hunker down in there for a day or so and, and, and catch some fish. I didn't know how much or anything like that, but, um, enough to kind of give me a glimpse, which is sometimes what you like going into a tournament. So first day of the event, I run straight there and I wasn't the only one that found it. There was like 10 of us in there to start the morning, including John Cox who is not who you want to see when you're in a little hole trying to sight fish. But fortunately he didn't stay long. Um, he, he, he got in and out and, and I kind of hunkered down myself. Um, ended up with Dave, right? Dave Rush is my observer that day. That was cool. Um, I just kind of hunkered down and, and started catching some fish and they're just sight fishing and they were decent little fish. And before I knew it, it was like 10, 11 o'clock and everybody was gone, but me, everybody mm -hmm. had left and nobody came back and the sun came out and it kind of got slick and I could really see some stuff in there then and was able to call up in the evening, uh, the afternoon of that day and, and came in with, I don't know, 15 pounds, maybe 15 pounds even. Uh, if were you with Dave on day one or day two? Day one. He said you farmed a big one. Yeah, I did. So I'd forgotten about that. Uh, I catch that fish, dude. I'm probably leading day one, probably. Oh, wow. Our 21 was leading, I think, after day one. It was it was in that ballpark. So there there was a fish in there, and I hadn't seen her at all, but some of the guys were talking about her uh, when the big group was in there. So I kind of teased and agged along like I had seen her and knew she was in there too, but I honestly didn't. Um, I don't know that it was her, that specific fish, but – I'd thrown, I was reeling a worm by some pads and same thing. I'd kind of reel it up there and killed it. And when I killed it, it, you know, thunk, and I set the hook and dude, big one, you know, seven, eight pound, big, right? Big one. And I, I probably had her for, I don't know, five, six seconds, maybe 10 seconds. Enough to probably 10 seconds. Yeah. I pulled her all the way out. She's shaking her head. I've already seen her, you know, her mouth's like this big. Mm. And I'm like, this is the one, you know, like this is going to make my day. And then she just pops loose. And uh, anyway, I don't catch her. I end up catching a four pounder a little bit later after her. It kind of helped move me up. But yeah, um, that's fishing. But that's the only one that I lost that day that would have helped or hurt me. Obviously, you know, big fish are big fish, but you know, that's tournament fishing, you know. Um, would have loved to have had her ride. If she rides, I probably make the cut too, just with her, you know, on day two, even though my weight was so bad on day two. But she doesn't come in, and that was really the only opportunity that I gave myself. I gotta I gotta be able to generate more bites than that. But so I'll get in day one, 15 pounds. I'm in good shape. I'm inside the cut. The problem that I have, and I know I have, is that there's not much left where I just was. Like when the sun's up and everybody's gone there's not much left in there. I, I mm -hmm. just about as clean as I can pick it. Um, now John Cox told me 
the next morning before takeoff that he caught a five in there when he came in right before weigh-in. So he was kind of adamant, y'all just go in there and stay again all day. But, man, I just didn't feel that, couldn't do it. And I I ran around on day two probably, I don't know, checking five, six, seven areas. It broke down exactly like I thought it would. I knew it was a 50-50 day. I didn't know where in the hell to go. I just knew kind of what I was looking for. And I was just going to lock that swim jig and that worm in my hand until I found some spawners. I did run into some spawners, two or three that were definitely worth catching, but they were not anywhere near catchable. They were just, you know, won't get on the bed, swimming around, doing their deal. And I would leave them, come back, try to blind cast them. I just never could get any of them to go. And, uh, man, it was a tough day. I ended up catching my fifth keeper with like five minutes left in the day. And um, you know how those bad tournaments are, Matt. Sometimes that that's a little silver lining, you know. Catching that one pound and a halfer with five minutes left in the day as opposed to going in with four – you know, it kept me out of the 80s and 90s and 100s, you know. Um, still, Yeah, you'd have been like 95th instead you finished 74th with 24-12, right. 9-12 right. on day two. Yeah. And once again, you beat, <laughs> you beat – once again, you tied with Scott Martin. So, I mean, you get out of Florida with two ounces more weight than Scott Martin. I'll take that every day. Yeah. I don't know. Scott didn't have the best events either, so I don't know that you take that every day, but – um, we didn't kill ourselves. Let's put it that way. We yeah. got out of Florida and didn't have the, you know, hundredth place finish. So happy about that. I'm real excited to go on to the next ones, but that's pretty much the rundown of how my, my two events went. Like I said, I, I basically, I fished five days and I had one bad one and it was, it was on the wrong day for sure. I like it. And I think, uh, now if I can get to uh Bassmaster right here, anglers, AOY standings. Now you obviously did not qualify as a rookie. How does that work for points then on staying on the elite series? You still just get two years. Yes. Even though you're get, not a rookie, we still get two years. Hey, I don't want to get way off subject, but we can kind of go down this road. John Sokup really, you know, he's just like you. He's very mathematical and puts everything into, you know, how he is, does yeah. his spreadsheets and stuff. And so he, over the last few days, has been trying to figure out the math of what a, the average finish is going to take for the new guys coming in because of the way that mass bass it math is mm -hmm. dude. You pretty much better stay somewhere around 55th or better if you're a new guy coming on tour. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You better stay below 55 in the AOI. And you think there's 100 guys there and you're only kicking out the top 10, you could average 60, 60th and be beating 40 of them and they'll send you out. That's how it works. Wow. Yeah. That's scary. But you're not in bad shape. You have 107 Angler of the Year points. Right now, the classic cut is at 118. You're sort of my like 10, 10, 11 points from 50, the classic cut. 53rd. Uh, yeah, you're you're nine points from the classic cut. Yeah, I'm all right. But, I mean, dude, there's some, there's some weird things that happened in the first one, like Brandon Polinick, 67th, Jason Christie, 66th, Brandon Lester, 64th, Zaldane, 72nd. Uh you're gonna see a lot of you're gonna see a lot of change, a lot mm -hmm. of change over the years. So, tell us about your opens. Uh, First one of the year. Oh, dude, I got lucky. I didn't get lucky. I don't know. I'll see if you think I got lucky or not. Okay. So I go down there and uh, 
I I had some. I'll, I'm gonna be brutally honest on this. I got some help from a couple guys who fished the NPFL last spring when they were there, obviously before the cutoff, and weren't fishing this year, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I I had probably I want to say ten brush piles and ten quote hard spots. So probably over the entire lake from the top to bottom, probably had twenty spots to go check. And the first, which is a, a, a good, see, I like yeah. to get a spotting yeah. and to get a feel for what yeah. it's like. The one thing that I first noticed is I did not like how the brush piles laid out on, uh, Ufala in Alabama. What do you not like did, about them? I didn't like how they looked on live scope. I didn't look like how they looked when you set up. They, they, it wasn't like, like a condo, like you would call. It was a bunch of just scattered crap. I wasn't a big fan of a lot of Christmas trees and kind of sparse stuff. Like it wasn't like it didn't I look I, like it didn't look like Thunderbird. That's why I said I made a joke. I was like, man, these people that you fall and need to spend a week at the Ozarks and see how brush piles are really made, right? Yeah. But they obviously catch them in it. Um, and I went out the first day of practice and I had five bites off of it. It was for like eighteen to twenty pounds, and two or three bites were off of you know brush piles that I had and two or three were off of stuff that I had found. Cause I mean, it's the way that the lake works. It's like a drain that leads back into it, but the water temp was like 65 degrees, 66 degrees. So I'm like, okay, I can make this work. So I spend the next two days trying to find offshore brush piles. And this is where I went. I went, I went brush piles, not hard spots, which is where I messed up. Well, I never had a freaking bite like the rest of Sunday, all of Monday, I caught two fish and 90% of Tuesday, I caught like one. So now I've got a half a practice day left. I've now gone back to the brush piles that I got bit in before. I not only don't see them there, I fish them and I cannot get bit there. And I'm staring down the barrel of a double zero. Like I'm feeling it. It's not feeling good at all. And a rooming with uh, Joe LaBarbera and Andrew Upshaw. And Joe was like, hey, I've, I can get a couple bites up shallow on a Cinco. So I'm like, couple bites sounds amazing right now. So Tuesday night I go up shallow and my first two bites, like a three and a three and a half on a weightless Cinco. So, uh, weightless stick bait. So then Wednesday I go out, I look where all these shallow docks are. I use the deep dive app to see where the muddy water is. This is no joke. I really did. And I go to the muddy water with the docks in it and I shake like five off and I'm like, dude, I'm freaking golden. I found it at the last day of practice, not worried about it. So I've yeah. got three spinning rods with braid to 14 pound leader with the trick sticks wacky rigged. And I'm just skipping it up under the posts in two foot of water. Yeah, good well, stuff. The, the first day I start and uh, first day of the tournament, and I'm thinking I can do 13 to 15 a day which I think is going to be glorious. I'm not thinking I can. I think if it goes right, I can, but I'm not, I have no, I'm not comfortable going into it. So two hours into the first morning, there's five guys that start in the cut that I start in. There's Mm. literally some dude stuck, stuck on the log, trolling around going, trying to get off of it that I had shaken a fish off of Wednesday that I was literally going in there to catch the fish that I'd shaken off. And he is now stuck on the log doing circles on it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's not good. Then there was a guy on the right that was locked on a bed fish that I didn't even know was there. And I was like, I don't know how I missed that yesterday. That's not good. So then I go to the back and I start skipping around 
don't catch anything. Some dude comes in, row, shuts down, power pulls down, catches a four-pounder behind me that I had missed again, so that's not good. Now I'm like, dude, I'm an hour in. I've skipped all this. I have not caught anything, and I am in trouble, right? Because I was thinking this would be it. So on the way out, there's just two little points in this little cut. And I said, screw it. I'm just going to throw a Ned rig on this point and see what happens. And like my very first cast, the Ned rig goes about four foot down. It just stops. Just stick. Sticky. I'm like, I feel like that might be shell. That might be shell. I feel like it might be shell. And I pull it and it's like, and it comes mm -hmm. free. And then it sticks again. I tell my co-ingress, I think that's shell out there. And I pull it, pull it, and it pops free, and it goes, don't. <laughs> and it's like a two and a quarter, right? So I'm like, holy cow, I caught one. I'm like, you, there, there's got to be more than one on shell. It's just this nondescript kind of clay point that's got. Yeah. So I fire it back out there. It doesn't even get to the bottom, and it's like a two and three quarter. So now I've got two. And I'm like, oh, dude, we're going to sit here all day and load the boat. Then I go 30 minutes without a bite. So I go back and I look at my graph and I'm scrolling. And I'm like, well, literally like like right there, like 30 yards away on the other side. I said, "There's it looks like the same contour lines on my C-map. So I literally just idle over there, keep the trolling motor down. And I cast out. It doesn't even get to the bottom. And it's like a four and a half or five pounder. Oh my gosh. And I reel into it, 14 pound test, seven, four. And I'm like, dude, that's a, it's pretty big. So here's the weird thing was that fish hit it and ran so fast when it jumped. I, I didn't see it jump and my co-angler did. And he went, Oh wow. So that's how I knew it was. I heard it obviously, but I was looking anyway, I get this thing through two more jumps, get it all the way to the boat. It comes up against the side of the boat and I can hear it whack up against the side of the boat and I'm walking back to sit down and I think I gave it a little slack. I did something and it pops off. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, Oh no. So I still only had two, but then I catch uh six off of the other spot and it's got shell over there too. So I have two little bitty shell bed areas. Right. Yeah. And I go back and forth and uh, I had about 12 pounds uh, and I'm like, well, I got to go work on the Cinco skipping thing. I, at this point, I still think that might play. It might be an afternoon deal. So I run to another area and I start catching spotted bass, which tells me it's done. Every time that big largemouth get replaced with spotted bass, you're screwed. However, one of those spotted bass was a three and a half. So Very that's nice. what that's what and I caught it on a drop shot on the end of a dock. So that's what got me up to 13, nine. So I come in thinking I'll be in like 50th. I'm in freaking 94th. <laughs> I mean, Taylor Walken, Taylor Walken said the same thing, thought he'd done really good and came in and was like, wow. Yeah, it was nuts. So now I'm like that. We knew the next day was going to get canceled. Bass did a good job of canceling the next day. But now I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, you know, if I have a mediocre or bad day, I'm starting the year off with 120th, 130th, 140th. Mm -hmm. And I've got, my dock pattern, I think I've got maybe one dock that I can catch a spotted bass off of and two shell beds the size of the front deck of a boat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're probably, no, they were probably the size of a boat and truck put together. They're a decent size and they're 30 yards apart. Hadn't seen anybody fish them. So I'm like rigging and I'm like, well, I don't really know much about shell, but I said, I'm going to tie on a Carolina rig, a biffle bug, uh, a crankbait, a uh, big stand-up, shaky head worm a football jig ned rig drop shot 
and shaky head. So I had, and I said, I'm going to stay on those two little shell beds mm-hmm. all freaking day. Like I am not going to, to leave until Ooh. I have a big sack. And then the plan was to go look for bed fish because dude, here's the crazy. Here's what I noticed. I sat there for maybe three or four hours the first day. There were at least 20 boats that came in, shut down. Like if I was on one of the little shell beds, they'd shut down on top of the juice of the other shell bed, pick up their flipping stick and run the exact same pattern down the grass line, down the bank, down the docks. The same thing that I did the first line, first day. But I'm like, dude, everywhere on the lake is like that. No fewer than 20 guys did it. I mean, if you had a track of where the boats went, everyone was throwing a white swim jig or a flipping bait or a Cinco. They went down the exact same thing. They shut down at the same time. They looked on the same things. They made the same because I can watch all this because I'm out there dragging the show. And I'm like, I'm not going to go find anything else. So I've, I've got this shell that I've we've had. A, you know, my co-angler had seven and a half, eight pounds off of it on the first day, too. We've had nine, ten bites off of it. There's got to be five more. We've had a day off. I'm camping on this stuff, right? So on day two, it was slow and steady. Caught a couple, one on a drop shot, one on a shaky head. And then uh, I go out in front and I throw a freaking 5XD. And because that's apparently one of the crankbaits on that on that pond. I caught one. Oh, I roll up first thing. And on the uh, Russ Lane square bill, I catch one on like my second cast, like a two pounder. I'm like, cool, I got one. Then I caught another two-pounder. Then I pick up the 5XD, and I'm like pumping it to bring it back in after I ground it off the shell, and a four-pounder eats it. Eats the back treble hook, crank, 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 boat flip. Now I've got one good one. So now I'm on on one here. So like, I got to see. I like the cranking. Okay, so here's here's how it goes, if you can see that, right? So this is how it goes. The circles are the shell beds, right? Got it. So got I've it. got I'm I'm sitting here, but I also have here. And I feel like there's more I feel like there's more bites. Oh crap. That's why you have a lid. I feel like there's more bites on this one. But I've okay. got more quality on this one. So I'm sitting on this one and locals pull up on this one with three people in the boat. Oh boy. So I take this one and as fast as I can, and now I'm trying to block them out. Well, now we're in a freaking casting contest. It, it, and I had two fish or three fish at the time, right? So I'm over there and I like, I'm trying to protect it. And I can tell that they're like, hey, we're here to fish. Yeah. I mean, why so, not go fishing three guys in a boat on the day that the opens there? I mean, there's only there's not, 25 no, guys on there's the only lake. Supposed to, there's only supposed to be 10 guys on the lake because the, the second day got canceled and it's the weekend and it's a beautiful day. And gotcha. the wind is low. I got no issue with them out there. But, I mean, I'm clearly stressed out. So, anyway, we're kind of cast in the same spot. And I catch one. And they don't say anything. And they don't leave. And and I'm not able to cast. Their boat is sitting right on. And the only thing I can tell on my live scope is it's, like, kind of fuzzy. Like, I never saw any fish. I never saw bait. I never saw anything. It was just where the shell was. It was fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fuzziness is right under their damn boat. Mm-hmm. So I'm having to cast where I don't. Well, I cast a drop shot out and uh, I go to move it and it's tight and it's another, it's a, like a 403. So I reel into it. Well, it's a freaking tail walker. So now they're 20 <laughs> yards to the right of me and this thing's just up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, all the way to the boat. Key thing here is I had learned, this was from watching Chris Saldane's podcast with 
Rick Klun, and Rick Klun was talking about keeping the hook points moving towards the boat will help reduce losing fish. When possible, you hook a fish. You want to keep that hook point moving towards you. It's harder for a fish. When you stop and let them turn and the hook point turns and they're doing all this crap, that's when they yeah. come off. Yes. So I had a massive issue with losing fish last year. So this year I'm like, I am keeping the hook point moving towards the boat, especially when I've got 12 or 14 pound tests. So when that four pounder's there, I'm freaking giving it to him. Right. And I know I've got 14. I've got it set up to where he can't break me off, but I'm not letting him fight, which is why he's just up, down, up, down, like a little jumping bean all the way back to the boat. <laughs> a jumping bean. So I get down, I scoop it. I'm by myself. And that's number five then. And the guy in the boat goes, that your limit fish? And they clap. So I'm like, okay, they're not, they know what's up. They know I'm in the tournament. I said, yeah, that's five. And I just said, listen, I said, I, I said, I'm really not trying to be a, a dick but this is the only 20 yard stretch on the entire lake that I think I could catch a fish on. And I'm just trying to survive. And he goes, Oh no, man, I get it. I get it. We'll give you your space. And they left. And Very they, nice. were, they were Very super nice. nice. Right. Very nice. Yeah. So I continued, I, I counted by the end of the day between those two, between these two spots right there. Yeah. Like the, the trails back and forth. 14 times I went back and forth between the two spots. You just needed one more there, one more little point, and you could have had a, like a really good little area. Yeah. Maybe. And when it was said and done, I had I had 16-10. So, yeah. so the, the cool thing, and every once in a while I think you're rewarded, with like 10 minutes left, uh, Niggemeyer rolls by, and he'd had a really good day one. And he said, hey, you catching him? And I said, yeah, I got a decent limit. I said, how about you? He goes, I only got two. And I said, dude. Shaky head right here. Come on. And he's like, no, no, no. I, I just wanted to see how you were doing. And I was like, dude, if you don't have anything else, I have to leave in five minutes. Like, yeah. he's like, okay. So he pulled up and I said, there's another little spot like 30 yards this way. Right. Yep. I said, I'll idle over there. I said, I got to go. I said, but I'll idle over there and show you how I set up on that one too. You've got an hour. So I idled over troll a motor down back to the other spot. I've got a 260 in the live well, and I literally make one cast, kind of showing them where that shell is. And I go to like lift it, and it's swimming heavy, steady. And it's like a 315, like 3.15, but it calls up like half a pound for me. Absolutely. And that was my very last cast of the day. Yeah, that's a good so nice I and, and I had it where, you know, I had the fish in the, the one on one side and four. So I just chuck it, box it. I'm like, Holy cow, that worked out good. I went 11 for 12 on the second day. The only one was I caught a 212 and I cast the drop shot back out and another one ate it. And of course it felt big and I reeled into it and it was like I had not reset my freaking drag. Oh, so I, I get up and I, you know, I crank it and I get back and then he pulls off. And oh. I'm, I said to myself, I said, you idiot, that's on you. That's the only thing I said that got me stressed out for the day. I said, you idiot, that one's on you. Yeah. I said well, that out loud. We're all guilty of that, and it happens over and over no matter but how many dude, times you But, dude, I freaking <clears throat> came in with 30 pounds. I averaged, I averaged 15 a day on a fishery I'd never been for, mm -hmm. found a shell bed. I didn't know what the hell I was doing on a shell bed. Maximized the bite, fished fairly clean. And and had fifteen one a day and finished forty seventh and missed the missed the check by like twelve ounces but oh. like 
mi- mission accomplished, right? Wouldn't you say for the first 100, open? 100%. 100% mission accomplished. You know, we talked about this before you left, and anything below, you know, 60 or 70 was great. But yeah, dude. I mean, I know it's disappointing not to get a check, but that's not all your fault because you beat, you finished in the top 20 percentile of that field. It's, you know, the paybacks. Oh, dude, I went on a absolute epic rant i think the one minute and 17 second or one hour and 17 minute mark of yesterday's show you went on a rant a big time rant actually i, I mean heard, I, heard I was yelling i heard about it i stopped in the tackle store yesterday and they were actually talking about yeah lucky lure they were talking about uh your rant <laughs> oh i got uh, heated like i was hot uh, the phrase hot under the collar i believe right Dude, they didn't change the payback at all, and I think that's yeah, kind of it's, our, that, it's our fault. They teased that it was going to happen, but then it didn't happen. I also noticed you kind of brought it up a little bit in the beginning with Hank whenever you talked to him. I didn't watch all that, but I watched mm-hmm. the beginning, and I, I know you teased it there a little bit. But they they definitely hinted to the fact that that, that payout structure could possibly change, but it did yeah. not. All right, we'll take a final break of the show when we come back, wrap things up with Bradley Hallman, see what you have coming up in the uh, upcoming weeks, what's coming up on your YouTube channel, and then also tease what's coming up on BTL. Final mm-hmm. break, uh, we'll be back right after this BTL on a Tuesday. Elite Series Pro, Bradley Hallman, with the new BFE hats, which are not available. We'll be back after this. Having confidence in your tackle while on the water is one of the main things to success, in my opinion. In the last couple of years with Denali, I've had just that. From anything from spinning rods, casting rods, tungsten products, even now to casting and spinning reels, I have the confidence to go out there and get the job done and know that all my equipment is going to handle it and do it just the way I want it. The thing about Denali is you've got great quality products at a great price point, so make sure you check them out. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips, so if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing. From household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline. All right, we are back. ETL on a Tuesday. I do need to mention to wrap up the opens. We had a heated exchange on the open pros pick'em about ish, talking about, oh yeah, go to go to Ufala and use your spin and tackle and see how that works out for you. Now I'm not saying that a 47th place is a great finish. There's a lot of room for improvement there, and we got absolutely blasted by Milliken and Cannon and the likes of the uh, OHIV and east south texas crowd that absolutely figured out a deep cranking by jack york's in there too and absolutely blasted us like that was highly impressive mm-hmm. uh, some of the <clears throat> names that were there especially i dude we have not seen the youtube quote-unquote youtube anglers fare very well and Milliken came out of the gates and said you know pay attention boys i'm i'm freaking here and i'm not going anywhere and he's gonna be real strong at 
Toledo Bend and I talked to uh, Cannon and I talked to Milliken and there's nothing, I don't want to say intimidating, but there's nothing more that makes you take notice in practice when you just go, oh, you on them and blah, blah, blah. And the guys look you dead in the eye and go, yeah, I'm freaking blasting them. Really? And, and both of those guys were like, yeah, I'm freaking blasting them. And it wasn't like cocky because I didn't really know uh, Cannon that much and stuff, but it was just supreme confidence that they had some offshore fish that weren't going anywhere. Yeah. And they both finished in the top five. Very impressive, both of them. Very impressive. Milliken was Milliken obviously, said, obviously, you beer, know, MFers. Milliken when you got, you got all eyes and targets on your back and, and everybody's watching, that was a lot of pressure. And uh, hats off to them, man. Well done. Yeah, it was good stuff. But anyway, uh, I don't think it's going to happen very often over the next eight. So what it does, I'm going to point it out. But I, I out spinning rodded ish. Yeah. Who said, uh, hey, show up with your spinning rods and see what happens. And I went, I caught uh, that outside of that one fish cranking. Everything else was on a spinning rod and it was evenly distributed between shaky head which I set up based on Casey Ashley's recommendations on BTL from his show two months ago. Literally use that setup and that confidence on it. So evenly split between shaky head, mid-sized Ned, and the power drop shot that I love with like a six-inch leader, three-eighths ounce Denali uh, covert tungsten on it and just a six-inch straight tail. Very nice. Very nice. All, all spinny rod. So... Do I tune in to Open's pick them, I guess? Are you going to bring this up going into the – I guess you guys will do the classic for sure, right? Classic oh, show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do the classic show. Will this come up then? Or are you going to have Ish on before that? No, I'm not. Dude, Ish has – listen, this is the honest to God truth. Ish has $2.5 million in earnings, like uh -huh. over 10 classics, elite series wins, FLW yeah. wins, like – I don't feel like it's justified to bring up a 47th place finish in a Bassmaster Open with a guy with a resume like that. Like, just I, I would agree with you. Let let sleep but, dogs but with dogs lie and, and move on. With that being said, Open's Pick'em has been must-watch TV this year. It, it's definitely the best year that, that that thing's been on. It's been great. And those guys, now not only do you have just Todd picking on you, it seems like you're being double-teamed at this point. Yeah, so I've actually gotten to know Ish. I've I've known Ish for a long time. I've always respected Ish. Thought he his, it was always great. But like I've actually kind of gotten to to know him more as a person since we started mm -hmm. this. Because he called to be like, hey, like you know, I want to make sure that you understand that. Yeah, this is legitimate what we're saying. But like I'm not. I don't want to come across like I'm actually beating you down. I'm like, no, we're good, dude. We're good, that, dude. I've talked to him for like a couple hours and stuff now. Like, man, he's got it figured out. I mean, yes. there's a reason why he's Ish Monroe, and he's got 2.5 million in earnings. Dude, it's it's must watch TV. I was I'm very impressed when I watched them. I thought they were really really good. Todd, Todd on the first one showing up with that clothing outfit was just perfect. Yeah, it is. So, all right, what do you have coming up? Obviously, you have the rest of Seminole that's going to be out soon on your YouTube mm -hmm. channel. The practice video dropped yesterday. Yeah, day one will got. drop Thursday, and then uh, next Monday are, uh, will be day two. And then um, and then I've got a bunch more stuff in the can still. So, like, I was looking at it last night. I'm actually I'm actually doing well right now. Travis is killing it. Um, 
we're having a good time with it. Like I said, there's a lot of learning and uh, we're learning along the way. So we've got some hiccup stuff we've got to fix uh, to finish out the year. But so it's not a finished product, what we're putting out right now, but it's definitely a huge improvement from from where I was. You'll be at the Bassmaster Classic. 100%. Have any idea where you'll be yet? I'm sure I will be bouncing amongst my group of sponsors, uh, Moose. I would guarantee that. I'm pretty sure that like AFCO, SPRO, Big Bite, Gamagatsu are all kind of in the same like communal deal. So mm -hmm. probably be there. If yep. Beatdown has a booth, you'll be at the Beatdown. You'll be hanging out with Matt Looney and the guys over at Pro Guide. Stick tuned, stay tuned to your social media. I'll mention it on BTO when you know the times as well. Okay. Because I think it'd be nice to to get us both in the booth at the I same definitely, time. I definitely want to get in the booth with you at the same time. Actually, today is is part of what I've got to get done. I've got because I've got some emails I've got to get back to from different companies of they want time schedules. So and I've got to get a schedule done. So today <clears throat> that is actually not I got you. Uh, that was a good breakdown, man. Like I said, you're through the first quarter. You're right there, the top half of the uh, of the Elite Series season. We're gonna get John on soon to talk about. It. It's just John has so much much stuff going on on his. John's plate. filming with uh, Jimmy Houston today, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. John has a lot going on, so mm -hmm. uh, we'll get John on. But thank you for taking the time out, Bradley. Greatly appreciate it. Congratulations. Seems like things are rolling. YouTube channel never been better. Apparel never been better. You're on the Elite Series and you're headed to shake hands and kiss babies <clears throat> at the Bassmaster Classic in a couple weeks. Yeah, and the 2024 Classic is at the house. Ooh, was that? I mean, did that give you butter? Did you know that before it came out? Yeah, they sent us a text and invited a couple of us to Tulsa for the announcement. So we When you first Sunday. heard that, did you get chills? It wasn't chills. It was a lot of screaming. I was very excited Hell to see yeah! that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was it. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think I got that text about the same time my truck broke down in West Memphis. So yeah, you I was in pretty good pretty good mood after that. We didn't even get we didn't even get into that. So you're good to go? You got a vehicle? Yeah, there? yeah, we're good to go. Kenny took care of the brakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kenny. Oh, poor Kenny. Uh, all right, guys. This has been another edition of BTL Bass Talk Live. Bradley Hallman, thank you very much. Also, Jody White previewing the 2023 Red Crest on Lake Norman that kicks off tomorrow. We will talk with everybody on Wednesday morning. We'll see you later. <laughs>